Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Roll Radio. All right, before we start the show, I wanted to let you guys know about a cool new product I've been using. So as you probably know, I spend a lot of time sitting in front of my computer screen editing the podcast. And I realized um, that over the years, I kind of started to let myself go a bit. And I found myself feeling uh, tired and run down most of the day. Um, You know, and chugging coffee all day wasn't helping me any. So I decided to add some new health and wellness habits to my daily routine. So Liquid IV is a category-winning hydration brand, and their hydration multiplier is kind of like a long rest in a convenient little package. In just one stick, I get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. And I use it now in the mornings before I go for a long walk and when I'm feeling run down after editing all day. It's really been a game changer for me. My favorite flavor is Tropical Punch, and I always keep some handy in my bag of holding, right? And I also love that Liquid IV is made with premium ingredients and is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV also partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. Like True Heroes, they have donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. That's awesome. So I want to let you guys know that you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code ROLLRADIO, all lowercase, at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Roll radio at liquidiv.com. All right, now let's tune in to Roll Radio. Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventures play the world's greatest role playing game. Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. We fade up on a close-up of a fanned-out hand of playing cards. We then slowly widen out to reveal who is holding these playing cards. It is a gruff-looking man with a bald head and a thick mustache. He sits at a table with his opponent, who is also holding a hand of cards. She is also bald, but her head is covered in tattoos, and she wears the high-collared robe of a red wizard. After a long moment of silence, the man says, Do you have any skulls? The woman replies, No, go grave robbing. The man lets out a frustrated sigh and reaches for a deck of cards, but then suddenly stops. Did you hear something? The woman remains focused on her cards. That's probably just the zombies bumping into the walls. Don't try to get out of this hand. I'm going to crush you. Now take your card. The man reluctantly picks a card, and as he looks at it, a smile forms beneath his oversized mustache. He then flips the card so she can see it, and it's the image of a red-robed lich. 
Aha, says them, he is wild, no? <laughs> So you guys have infiltrated the Flotion Manor, and you've discovered that it's been overtaken by elementals, shadows, Thean gnolls, and Thean dread warriors. And you also discovered that the servants of the Flotion Manor have been brutally murdered and turned into zombies. And you guys have had uh, several grueling fights against these creatures right here in this hallway next to the second floor servants' quarters. And the hallway is littered with dead bodies. There's a dozen corpses laying about, and there's blood and mayonnaise everywhere. <laughs> and you've just finished dispatching the gnolls and dread warriors, and Cullen's pretty injured. Uh, so you guys decided to take a short rest inside of Esmir's rope trick. And then you heard a female voice come from around the corner where the dread warriors came from. And the voice said, What's going on down there? So you guys quickly scurried up the rope, pulled it up in the uh, extra, extra dimensional space, closed the hatch, so to speak, and from up above, you observe the hallway. And you see, coming around the corner into the hallway of portraits, two figures, a male and a female. And right away, you know that they're Thayan. Uh -oh. The male is dressed like a warrior. He wears a chain shirt with red accents, and he wields a long sword and a shield. The female looks like a red wizard. She wears a red robe with a high collar that's taller than her head, which is bald and covered in Thayan tattoos. Mm. And when they turn the corner and see all the bodies, they're both like, what the hell? The fighter readies his sword, the wizard re readies a firebolt, and they slowly start to make their way down the hall. And as they're going, they're you know kicking the bodies to make sure they're dead. And when they get to the intersection and look down the servants' hall and see all the dead zombies, the wizard gasps and says, what in the hell happened here? And the fighter's like, is that mayonnaise? It's <laughs> weird. It must have. It must have been a sandwich. It must have been a sandwich order gone awry. <laughs> and, they, and they check all the bedrooms. You know, they look in all the rooms, and the warrior comes out, and he's like, "All clear. Even the shadows are gone." And the wizard, uh, the wizard looks freaked out, and she's like, "This is bad." We lost Null Team One. We lost two Dread Warriors. This is really bad. We are vulnerable. We need to head down and tell them what's happened. See if we can get some reinforcements. Come on, let's go. And they both leave the hallway through the eastern door. Oh boy. Well, should we wait or should we follow them? No, oh, we don't want to follow. They're going to go tell people that They're something's go going on. Yeah. The guard will be doubled, and then they'll start looking for us. Right now, we have a chance to nip this in the bud. You're out of your take mind. Take them out real quick. Real quick? They're two red wizards, man. <laughs> Says the guy with six hit points. Hey. Hey, I know. You got six hit points. Just and going they, there, bada boom, bada bing. You no got your, your one hit, and you're dead. And we've got two red wizards. And if you recall, the last guy was make himself disappear. Just one red wizard right now, though. 
Uh, and I got well, a wizard sitting right next that, to me. Three against two. I don't think that Thayan warrior is going to be weak. Colin's like, come on, guys. Three against two. We can take him. We can take him or we could die. And he says that as he like reaches over and mops up a bunch of blood <laughs> from his shoulder. <laughs> puts his it, arm it, back on. The blood's going. <laughs> <laughs> we can take him. <laughs> Okay, buddy, you'll need a couple band-aids and maybe an IV, some IV fluids before we go fight again, okay? You need you need a tourniquet? Hey, I'll just drink a couple of healing potions. I'll be good to go. Ah, it's just a, just a scratch. Hey, where'd they go? They left the room. It's too oh. late now. No, it's not too late. We can catch up. No. No, uh-uh. We're not going to do this Sit until down. we're healthy. They're, little, they're just a couple of tomatoes. We need to catch up. Oh, boy. Okay, we're going to work on your jokes next time we get a break, okay? I was trying to speak to avoid even reacting to it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so uh, how long does this room last? One hour. One hour. So that's just long enough to get a long rest and then we'll fall straight down. A short, short rest. rest. Yep. Or a short rest, that's what I mean. And yep. then we'll fall straight down in one hour. We, we could get out before yeah, it I ends. think, yeah, the DM will give us the five seconds or so to jump down before it disappears. That would be nice. That would be <laughs> nice. So is the plan to take a short rest in here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you guys a short rest, and you can roll hit die and take potions if you'd like. All right. Um, can I reconjure Owly? Uh, yeah, as long as that's all you do during the hour rest. Okay, I don't have anything else to do. Okay. So, Esmir, just for the record, when Esmir doesn't have any familiars with her, she's completely like, it, it's like you might as well just cut one of her legs off and tell her to go fight. It's not, uh, she's had, uh, she's had, uh, a small animal companion with her since the day she was born. So when she doesn't have a com- some c- like critter around yeah. her, it, yeah. it messes her up. It messes so you up. She, so it's like you're, you're yeah. anxious. You're anxious, anxious without yeah. your, without your yes. uh, comfort, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so we need to figure out, though, that when this does end, where we're going to go. Like, should we go and hide in a room? Like, I thought that the reason that we were doing this in the first place was more of a recon thing to see how many people would come by. So right. we've, so we've already lured out two, you know, one red wizard and a and this warrior, um, this Thayan warrior. So there's two bad guys. Now, if they come back with some somebody and say, you know, pointing at all the mess saying, clean this up. You know, we don't know if that's what's going to happen. But we only have one hour. So I'm almost thinking that if somebody does come back and they clean it up within the hour and then they abandon the hallway, we should jump down and get into one of these rooms or something where we yeah. could actually hide and strategize more. Right. So if, if I'm understanding you correctly, after we've rested for one hour, if nobody comes by or if they're gone by the time the hour is up, yep. then we hide again. Yes, but what would the value in hiding again well, be? 
If there's no one around. If there's no one around, we don't have to hide. We'll just we, we could just okay. move on. I guess that yeah. we can move on, but yeah. We yeah. want to at least get you to a point where you're healthy. I just don't want to run into those red wizards again mm-hmm. for a while. Well, I could use a healing potion, or a spell, I should say. Uh, or anything you can do for me would be great, because I only managed to get back t- 23 points. You have three hit die left, too. Yeah, but if I burn through those now, then I only get one hit die back for every long rest, right? And you get half your hit die back after a long rest. Oh, half of them. I guess I might as well burn another one. Oh, finally. I've got a potion of greater healing. Mm, Well, I'll take it. I still have a wound of 11. Oh, really? Well, this is way more powerful than... 11. Well, the last time I took one of those potions of greater healing, I only got back 14 points. So that's sort of like the average I can expect. All right. All right. Oh, that sucked. Nine. One, one, and a two. I'm back where I was before. Just a wound of two. Thanks, Jake. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, if there's no one, no one comes back within the hour... Yeah, we're not going to go hide in a room, but since they, we know that they know that we know that we're here, we should be a little bit more cautious, but we do need to just continue clearing the rooms. We do. We do. We just yeah. have to be a little bit more like, let's, okay, let's clear this room and then let's go we're gonna, to that room and then just keep an yeah. ear out, you know? We're going to have to fight these guys anyway, so I, I guess yeah. it's fine. Now that Cullen is healed fully, I'm good with moving on. Yeah, but I do want to wait and see who else comes by because we, well, we might have to be wait able anyway because to... we took a we took a short rest, so we have right. to use that time. Right, right, right. So you guys are up in the extra planar space, resting, bandaging yourselves, uh, bringing back AC, and all the while you've been keeping a watch on the hallway through the uh, through the magical window, and the entire hour goes by and no one shows up. Huh. Okay. Mm. So, Esmir, I look over at Esmir and say, Your plan worked wonders. It was fantastic. Unless there's a trap waiting to kill us at any second. Hmm. Well, that could always be the case. <laughs> so, should we, we check these two remaining rooms we haven't been in? Yeah, I, I think we should. All right, so you're heading back down the southern hallway? Yeah, I'm going to go check out this door, but I'm going to listen first and see if I can hear any, you know, thumping about of an undead type of sound. Okay. Jake, what are you doing? I'm going Ugh. to, I want to check out this little room, but I want to be by Colin. I don't want to break up the party. Well, that's okay because uh, my perception was shit. <laughs> what did you, oh, you checked the door? I listened at the door to hear, see if I could hear the shambling of the undead. Yeah. Move out of my way and let me press my ear horn to endure the <laughs> Esmir, what are you doing? I'm going to come down. Hey, AC. You're such a good, you're such a good little owlie. Okay, stay here. Keep an eye on this hallway, okay? Give me a hoot, hoot if something happens. Now I'm going to go down where the guys are. Okay. And it's a 10 plus 7 is a 17, plus 2 is a 19. 
Yeah, Cullen was right. All is quiet. Oh, okay. Cullen, all is quiet. Is that your way of telling me you want me to open the door? <laughs> Cullen, open the door. <laughs> I open the door. Okay, you open the door and you reveal a bathroom tiled with white and azure tiles adorned in floral motifs. Mm. In one corner stands a large ceramic tub with brass spigots, and in the other corner is a wooden toilet stall. Sitting on a set of elegant wall shelves are several painted clay urns, bathing implements, and a variety of soaps. Cool. Esmere's gonna go in and she's gonna start taking all. This is just like at a hotel, guys. And she's gonna start taking all the soaps. Taking the towels and the mini soaps. The soaps. These are these come with the rooms, okay? It's all these come with the room. I see. I'll be sure to tell Lord. Do Floyd. they have the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner in one? Oh, look, the shower cap. Oh, I always take the shower cap and never use it. <laughs> She's like sniffing stuff. What's in this? What's in the little urns? Uh, bath salts. Bath salts. Oh yeah, bath salts. Cool. Jake is fascinated by the Kleenex box. When you take one out, there's another one there. <laughs> Takes another one out. What? What? Sorcery. This is amazing. What sort of elven magic is this? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna move back. I'm gonna move back down the hall and, and listen at the next door while uh, Jake, and, or sorry, Esmeralda, raids the cabinets. I'm gonna follow him. Uh, actually, Esmeralda's gonna, on her way to follow the guy, she's gonna go back into this bedroom and she's gonna take the crystal decanter and the crystal glasses. She's gonna take those. Okay. I'm gonna decorate our apartment. It's gonna be so fancy. Nice. We're gonna have one of those little tables with the little cocktail things and we're always gonna have a glass of whiskey while we're talking. That's fantastic. This is wonderful. I just want to remind you all that in the first place that we went into, the storage room, I was thinking about taking some stuff, and then you all reminded me how this wasn't my house. No, I took stuff right <laughs> away. I was I took something in the first room. I was like, this is a dungeon? I'm taking stuff. I don't care. Mm, finders keepers. The elves, they got so much money, they don't even know what to do with it. It is true, it is true. The least Lord Flochin can do is pay us in soaps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, so you guys have cleared this section out, and the last door in this set of hallways is the eastern door that the Thayans went through. Can we hear anything going on inside? Uh, all is quiet, and the doors open, and you look in and see what looks like a study. It's furnished with two leather armchairs next to a coffee table, a bookcase, and a beautiful and ornately carved wooden desk. On the north wall is a closed door. In the southwest corner stands a stone fireplace, and laid out in the, uh, on the floor in front of the fireplace are several bedrolls. And from the look of them, uh, you quickly surmise that this is where the gnolls were sleeping. Yes. Dirty, stinky gnolls. The bedroll smell of gnoll. Um, I want to go and check. I want to run down here and check out the bookcase. Can I do that? Mm-hmm. Books! I'm going to go in the room, too. Okay. You're checking the bookshelves? I'm checking the bookshelves. What are you doing, Colin? I'm going to book the check shelves. No, I'm going to book just listen at shelves. this door. 
I'm gonna go check the desk. I'm gonna look for any secret compartments, secret drawers, drawers underneath drawers, and a cup holder. See if there's a little pen holder. Pen holder. Okay. Everyone roll a perception check. Ooh, girl, I got a 19 plus a 7. Ooh. 26. I got a 16 plus a 7. 23. I'm going to be like Fonzie on that desk. Dirty 20 at the door. Okay. So, Cullen, uh, you don't hear anything at that northern door. Jake, you don't find anything interesting or of value in that uh, bookcase. Okay. And Esmir, uh, you check out this desk and you don't find any secret compartments or anything of note or of value. But you do notice under the desk several more pages that look like they've been ripped out of a journal. Oh, journal huh. pages. I want more journal pages. They're juicy. Filled with all kinds of interesting information. Now, do we have tr- time to read these right now? Do you think we would read them real quick? Yeah. Sure. So you pick them up, and you see the same handwriting as uh, you saw in the other ones that you found. And this one reads, In Evermeet, there is little need for warriors, so I decided to spend more time in its libraries where I could expand my knowledge of elven portal magic. Father's influence, I suppose. Now that I'm back home, I could put this knowledge to use and try to continue his father's work on restoring the portal nexus. I can't think of a better way to honor father than to see his dream fulfilled. I've written to Darfin in Daggerford and informed him of my plans. He said he looks forward to discussing it when he returns to the manor. Wait, guys, did you guys read page one? Yes, I did. There were hard words between her and her father before she left for Evermeet. And then she felt guilty and returned. But by then it was too late and he was dead. She was trying to patch things up with her brother. Oh. And she feels bad for being filled with anger and hate because she was being really stupid. Mm. So it does look like she kind of changed her ways. Yeah. Maybe we got her all wrong. Maybe. Maybe she realized she, you know, people can change. Or these journal entries are just another layer to a trick, to a, to a lie. <laughs> the weird thing, honestly, is that it makes it seem like her and her brother are on good terms. No, she was going to go apologize to him. Well, he did say that she had come back, and that he was looking forward to, you know, meeting up with her, mending fences, things. Yeah. Okay. Um, can I look out the window? Yes. Out the window, you see the cliff face, and down below, you see the stream flowing between the cliff and the manor. And um, you don't uh, see any kind of activity or anything. Okay. At least he's going to come closer. He's too far away from me, so I tell him in my mind, you got to stay closer to me this time, buddy, because it's stressing me out. I'm going to walk back over to the door I listened at, and, and I'm going to crack it open and look out the the door. Look out into whatever that is on the other side. And I'm going to follow him and to uh, 25 feet to the wall. Okay. Let me just real quick, before we open the door, I'm thinking about um, if I have time to do a detect magic uh, ritual before we move on so I can see 
because we know we went through these they went through these doors and I want to maybe see if they set any like magical traps for us, thinking that maybe we're going to follow them. Okay. So I want to do de- my detect magic ritual. So guys, give me ten minutes, guys. Okay. Ten I'll do it minutes. Quick. What? Ten uh, minutes. We don't um, have ten minutes. Um. Um. Alasha, la la la. <laughs> what is she saying? Look at her. Okay. So you cast detect magic, and you don't detect any magic in this room. But I can have it for 10 minutes mm-hmm. as we're going through this area. Yep. Okay. Okay, so Cullen, you open up this northern door and you see a 30-foot long hallway. Oh, boy. And it leads to a large room. <laughs> My colleagues. Oh, boy. You don't like wells, hallways, rooms. I know. For, for Jake, it's hallways. For Esmer, it's wells. Oh, boy. <laughs> Every structure frightens me. <laughs> there could be people down there. Architecture phobia. Mm. It smells of evil mm. <laughs> and dirty carpet. Mm. <laughs> so at the end of this hallway is a broad circular room. And in the center of it is a large golden beam of sunlight coming down from above. Mm. And you surmise that it must be coming from the crystal dome atop the northeast tower of this manor. Mm. Huh. I think I know where they went. Hey, the solarium. <laughs> I'm going to go 15 feet, or I guess that's 20 feet, into the room, into the hallway, and look out the window towards the east side of Flotion Manor in the guardhouse. Well, I do want to follow. Okay. So, Cullen, you look out the window and see the cliff face and the stream down below, and you also can see the entrance building atop the cliff, and you can see that uh, enclosed bridge that connects the entrance building to the manor, and on the other side of it, you see a majestic waterfall that feeds the stream. And then I'm going to use my perception to see if I could see anything moving in the windows of the guardhouse or the hallway, the, t- the, the the hall connecting guardhouse to the building. Okay. Ooh, 18. Ooh, nice. You don't see any movement or activity in the guardhouse or uh, in the covered bridge. Mm. And opposite the window that uh, Colin is looking out, I'm behind him, but can I see out that window across the hall? Yeah. You uh, look out and you see a beautiful open-aired courtyard that sits in the center of this manor. And uh, its surrounding walls are all covered in beautiful ivy and it's filled with plants and flowers. And there is a majestic blue-leafed willow tree with a large boulder at its base. Hmm. So I'm guessing that from here, this you walk this is like the entrance hall after the guardhouse so we need to be really quiet because we know there's a bunch of bad mojo hanging out in the guardhouse yeah yes we do or hey do we want to go around the other way and do this last mm, interesting maybe i mean this was the way that they went so maybe we want to take them on last by going the opposite way. But if they're doing some kind of loop... Well, this is how I feel about it. I if this know. was like a regular dungeon like Firehammer Hold and we were going to just investigate the whole thing, 
and clear it out because there's, you know, we need to clear out all the bad guys. What our objective here, though, is to locate Shalendra and try and get out of here and let Lord Florshan know what has occurred. I mean, do we need to clear every room or should we not just we need to clear. go to our objective? I think we clear. I think we clear. All right. Back the way we came. <laughs> All right. So you turn around and head back to the portrait hall, uh, back the way you came where you guys started, and you turn down the western hallway that heads north, and you see an open door at the other end. And when you get there, you look into a luxurious lounge. Ooh. In the northeast and southeast corners stand tall fireplaces built from opulent marble. In front of the southern fireplace sit two comfy-looking leather armchairs. A fire crackles in the northern fireplace, and next to it is a round table surrounded by chairs. Atop the table sit several mugs, plates of half-eaten food, and playing cards. All the walls in here are lined with wooden shelves and portraits of noble-looking elves. The shelves are filled with books and knickknacks. On the western wall is an ajar door that leads outside to a parapeted terrace. Next to the door is a marble bust on a thick wooden stand. The bust depicts a male elf with deep, wise eyes and a receding hairline. And on the eastern wall is a closed door. Do we hear anything? It's pretty quiet. All you hear is the crackling fire and the whistling of wind outside on the terrace. Did you say there's bookshelves? Yes, there's several bookshelves. Okay. I'm going um, to move to the door of the patio and stand guard there while Jake runs to look at books. I'm going to go to that first bookshelf on the eastern wall. Okay. I'm going to come in. Do I detect any magic? You do not. Easy, come on in here, buddy. We're going to run right into these bastards, or they went downstairs. I'm going to go listen at this door. Okay. And Cullen, uh, you look out onto the parapeted terrace, and it's similar to the balcony you guys climbed up onto, but this one is like uh, twice as big. And from up here, you see a panoramic view of the estate gardens and surrounding lands. And at the southern end of the terrace is a stone table. Next to it stands a brazier built of copper and silver. Fancy. And on the northern side stands a stone pillar and a stained glass lantern, just like the one you saw on the other patio. Mm. And I will take a perception check. And Esmir, you're listening at the eastern door, and all is quiet. Okay. And Jake, there's lots of cool-looking books in here, but they're all written in Elvish, so you can't read any of them. Mm. Okay. I rolled another nine. Jake! Jake! What, what do you need? Come over here! Come over here. Colin, what do you need? Where are you going? I, I, there's something interesting about that lantern, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Could you give the area a general sort of scan? Sure. And what are you doing, Esmir? Can I investigate the bust? Yep. Mm -hmm. I got a 16. Okay, so you scan the terrace, and you notice some charred bits of wood sticking out of the brazier. And you also see chunks of charred wood on the ground around the brazier. 
it looks like someone was using it recently to burn a bunch of stuff. Hmm. And Asmir, you're checking out the bust, and you see a plaque at the base of it that reads Alorfandar Flotion, and the date 1468, which was 21 years ago. And you know that Alorfandar was Darfin's father. Okay. Shalindra's dad, too. And Shalindra's dad, too. Yep. And Esmir, on the floor, next to the bust, you see another torn journal page. Oh. Can I go out to the balcony? Can I? Sure. I can? Yep. I could go out to the duck. balcony and inspect the brazier. Duck, though. Mm-hmm. Duck. I'm going to duck. Crouch down. Crouch. I'm going to be his shadow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow him real close to make sure in case something jumps out at him, I'm there to help him out. I'm going to um, crouch down as I do this and kind of uh, make my way so nobody could see me over the balcony ledge. Okay. Uh, You make your way over to the brazier, and it's still warm. It's not hot, uh, but you can see a few remaining embers glowing at the bottom. And you can tell that it's been used uh, to burn a large amount of material lately. It's full of soot and burnt pieces of wood. Everything's quite crispy and charred. But you do find several small, like uh, one inch by three inch metal plates. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Um, can I pull out like my dagger and then scooch him out of the fire to cool him off a little bit? Yeah, sure. I want to. I want to grab these things and inspect them. Okay, you pull some out, and you see that uh, they're like the ones on the portraits in the hallway outside the master bedroom, because they all had little plates on the frame, right? Yeah. That uh, had some kind of inscription or name on them. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mama Flotion. And you remember that some of the paintings were missing off the walls, right? Yeah. Because there were empty yeah. spaces where they used to hang. Sun-bleached areas. Yeah, exactly. So it looks like those portraits that were missing were burnt up in this brazier. Okay. And you look at all the inscriptions on these plates and you don't recognize any, but you realize that they're all human female names. Someone's got beef with the humans. Human females. So I wonder if it's uh, Shalindra herself. I don't know. She sounds like she's repentant. If she's got, I know it sounds that way, but could it have been some fit of rage where, um. No, because she said she changed her ways. I don't know. I'm going to join, um, Esmeralda so I can see the page and hear the contents therein. Yeah, I want to scooch back inside. What'd you guys find out there? I found all these plates. Oh. They're 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 the little they're the insignia plates that were on the on the paintings of the people. But look, it's interesting because they all seem to be of human women. They're from the paintings. Yes, they're from the paintings, which means but, that somebody was burning the paintings, but only of the human women. What do you make of that? It's interesting. Why would there be paintings of human women in the elven castle? Well, you know that a Lorfandar. Oh, he's their half Yeah, he married he humans the as humans. well. Yep. Oh, jaded lovers. And they don't last very long, you know, that's the thing. I mean, because mortals die young, whereas uh, elves live for hundreds of years. And... Okay, what does page three say? I don't like any of this. Page three reads 
other than the servants, the manor is so empty and lonely. Darfin says Kelson is away on an important mission, and Darfin has again delayed his trip to the estate. So I've decided to begin working on the portals to keep myself busy. Unfortunately, it's been a slow start. I'm having a hard time focusing, probably because I haven't slept well in days. Mm. I've been having vivid and dreadful nightmares as of late. People being sacrificed on altars, rivers of blood, and an enormous glowing red portal. So strange. I fear that if I don't get some decent sleep soon, I will go mad and die of exhaustion. What a horrible way to die. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> Consequences. Only Eric caught that. Well, no, because that's how What's-His-Name died. That's how Uncle Frog died. Consequences. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think there's... Okay, I think there's some parallels between this story and the Elric... Uh, Ulrich Albion story. I think that this might be a rerun or like a remake. You know when they remake a story... Because there's got to be some sort of night hags, someone doing stuff here. I don't like any of this place. Well, the Thaeans, you know, they are known for reanimating the dead and doing all kinds of evil necromancy. And while they're discussing that, I want to go and look at this bookshelf. <laughs> Again, everything's in Elvish. Let me guess. Everything's in Elvish. Damn. You know, you're going to have to do some duolingos there, um, Jake. <laughs> Is there a spell? I cannot, I cannot find my cell phone. I left <laughs> it around here, so it's got the app on it. Blue blink. Um, I want to listen at this door. Oh, Eric, listen to that, or Cullen, listen to that door, right? No, Ready? um, Esmeralda I did. did. I, oh, you did. Cullen, listen at the door, cause I, I was distracted. I can try. Just careful. Oh, eighteen. Oh, see. It's me lucky day. Shh, don't say luck. Well, you know, no doubt when I get into combat, they'll all be ones. <laughs> so you listen at the door, and all is quiet. Uh, so I'm going to open the door. And Careful, look just forward. a little bit. Peek and poke, peek and poke. Peek and poke. Okay, you open the door and take a peek, and you see a 20-foot-long hallway that leads to the same broad circular room with a golden beam of sunlight coming down from above. Hmm. Interesting. So, so there's that's a central this... courtyard in this joint. Yeah. Wait a second. What are you doing? Hold on, guys. I'm thinking before we go in there, I can make myself invisible and go in there and see what's going on. And we can use our rings, and I'll tell you what I see. Oh, what a great idea. I forgot about my ring. Because I can use my... My harp spell, because I have invisibility as a harp spell and also as a level two spell. How about we do that? Yes, you go invisible and then you walk down that hallway. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to... I seem to have an invisible touch, yeah! (laughs) Oh, no way. (laughs) 
Not that. Yeah. What? You feel like you're <laughs> living in a land of confusion? It takes control and slowly tears me apart. With not enough love to go around. <laughs> All right, so you, you make your way down the hall, and you're soon looking out onto a broad circular landing and grand stairwell. Up above, sunlight beams in through the crystal dome at the top of the tower, bathing the entire landing in golden light. All around the tower are tall windows that are paned with stained glass, depicting figures of elves and forest animals. In the spaces between the windows sit large clay vases that hold living vines. The vines drape up the walls of the tower all the way up to the crystal dome. And there are two other corridors that connect to this landing. One to the south that you know leads to the study you guys were just in earlier. Mm -hmm. And one to the east that connects to the enclosed bridge and the entrance building atop the cliff. Gotcha. Okay. I'm first I'm gonna I'm gonna tiptoe over here. I'm gonna look down there. Okay, you come up to the edge of the landing and you look down and see a grand circular stone staircase that curves its way down to the ground floor landing. And from that landing, another stone staircase begins and curves its way down to a basement level. And the light from the crystal dome beams down through this entire tower and this circular uh, staircase all the way down to the basement level and you don't see anyone, and all is quiet. Huh. Mm. And how far down uh, how far down the hallway towards the entrance area can I see? You can see all the way down the enclosed bridge, okay. and at the end of it is a closed door. And I don't see anybody. You do not. All is empty, all is quiet. Guys. There's nothing here except for majestic elfy, elvish things and beauty and beamings and lights and beautiful majestic stairways and glimmering things and lots of plants. I got a bad feeling about this, but I think it's safe for you guys to come in. I'm going to stay invisible, though, because I can keep being invisible for a little bit of while now. Okay, cool. So um, I want to go through the door. Don't clod your feet like, you know, usual. Clod. You try to be a little bit quiet. Clod. <laughs> Jake clods his way down the hall. He kicks his boot up against the wall to get the mud off. From, and some little bits of knoll guts. Cullen, Cullen tippy-toes like a ballerina, trying to be as little, as as least clod-like as he can. Nice. You look lovely in that tutu. A heavily armored ballerina. <laughs> so I'm going to do the um press a one die, press a one die. Should we aim for the guard house? Should we take the guys out there before trying to fight red wizards? Or should we go down the staircase? I think we just go down the staircase. Yeah, I'm kind of torn between the two, but I feel like we should go down the staircase too. Okay. Um, a part you can always of me is get like, them well, at the end. 
Like if we go, if we do this section, we got one room at a time, but they might have some sort of alarm system because they're like the watchtower, you know? Right, exactly. that's true. That's true. Let them be. I'm sure that there's nothing of any value in there. Yeah. And, you know. No, it, it wasn't about value. It was about clearing it out first before moving on. Well, we're going to clear it out mm-hmm. on our way out. We're you know what we could do place. just as a precaution right. before we go down the stairs? But I agree. Is throw some cantrips you know, like, you know, the the Japanese fighting style ones, you know, like spikes or whatever, or ball bearings or yeah. whatever on the ground. Oh, Caltrops. Caltrops, yeah. So that they, you know. That's a good idea. They won't expect it, and they'll be slowed down if they try to chase after us. Yeah. Can he put his immovable rod and block that door, too? Oh. I could. Oh. I could go to the end of the hall and put the immovable rod up. And then they can't get through. But what if it's an in? Okay, let the DM just. What is wrong <laughs> with you? You're no fun. Well, forget that idea. <laughs> no, it, no, no. It's it's definitely an out because doors <laughs> open out of rooms. Not you know. Well, you don't want them to open into a hallway. Oh, that's right. It would be an in. Because doors open into rooms, not into hallways. Because somebody's walking down the hallway unexpectedly, you can open a door into their face. Oh my god! So architecturally... so you just made it worse. You just made it worse. I know. I At know. At what point do you stop feeding the DM with logic? <laughs> Jesus Christ! As Esme's yes. gonna throw a fireball to herself. I'm done. <laughs> well, from here, uh, you can see that there's, um, you know, like a wooden beam barring the door. Oh. Because, you know, that would be the main entrance point for intruders. Oh, that's true. You'd want to bar the door from the inside. Yeah, so your immovable rod would definitely work. Uh, okay. Oh, see. thanks, DM, for giving us better advice than a fellow player. Hey, hey, he got his advice based on what I was saying. All right, so here's the thing, though. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to remind me later on that it's there because... Uh, that's okay. Yeah. We'll remind you. Yeah, we'll get it on the way out. Okay, so that's what we'll do. I'm going to sneak down that hallway and put an immovable rod up in the and bar the door. Okay. So whoever is inside of it is not getting any dinner tonight. Nice. <laughs> good idea. That was a really good idea. So now, when I sneak back... Let's go downstairs. I'll go down first. I'm invisible and I'm stealthy. Okay. So I'll go down first. I'll follow you from a safe distance. All right. So Esmir, you invisibly make your way down the grand staircase and you reach the first floor landing. And just like the second floor, it's a broad circular room with stained glass windows all around it. But instead of vines in between them, There are elven suits of armor. They're magnificent suits of full elven plate mail, and their shiny metal gleams in the golden light. And you see there are three closed doors in this room, one to the west, one to the south, and in between them is a larger set of double doors with a willow tree exquisitely carved into the wood. Hmm. And all is quiet. Okay, guys, there's nothing down here except for more doors. There's one, there's three doors. So I'm going to use the ring and I'm going to say, 
Could you do me a favor? I was wondering if any of these suits of armor are magical. Remember the last suit of armor we were checking out turned alive and tried to kill us? Yeah, but that was in a um, haunted mansion. This is uh, Lord Flotion's beautiful elven estate. Yeah, and the elves would be on our side. That was taken over by bad guys. Okay. All right, so you guys all make your way down to the first floor. What do you want to do? Okay. I want to listen to that first one at the bottom of the landing, right to the west. The western door? Okay, roll a perception check. Shoot, I got a 13. Okay, all is quiet. Esmir and Cullen, what are you guys doing? I'm going to investigate one of the statues. I'm going to follow her. Okay. Let's check these out together. Yes, so you can roll with advantage. Yeah. You squint your eyes and I'll squint my eyes. Oh! I rolled on that 20. Ooh, sweet. So, Esmir, you think you just heard something move inside the armor. Oh my goodness. Like a skittering, like from a mouse or a rat. A crapolas, guys. I heard some quote-unquote skittering in this suit of armor. Maybe we should leave it alone. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going to slowly back away and join Jake. (laughs) Okay. And as you're backing away, you hear a voice in your head. Roll a wisdom saving throw. Oh, boy. Not me strong suit. Ugh. Three. Okay, you hear a voice in your head, and it says, Psst, hey, hey, buddy, you know, it'd be a real shame if you got jumped from behind. You better go back upstairs and make sure the porculus is locked. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a real smart thing to do. And that definitely sounds like a really good idea to you. Is it something I'm compelled to do? Yes. Oh, okay. So I, I, I've got no choice. So I'm going to go, I guess I go back upstairs. Where are you going? I got to go check on the portcullis. Okay, that's weird. Get back here. That is weird. No, it's it's a really good idea. I I think I really have to do this. Oh. All right, so Cullen's talking to you and telling you this as he makes his way back up to the second floor. Everyone, roll initiative. Oh, boy. Roll initiative. <laughs> Roll initiative. Where'd that come from? 18! <laughs> Sweet. That could either be really good or really bad. Nine. I got 20. All right, so Cullen just suddenly decides to head back upstairs. Something about checking the portcullis. And Esmir, you're first. What are you going to do? Because I could tell that something's wrong with him, right? He would never do that. It's out of character. And I heard something too. Is right? it though? Is it really out of character for Cullen though, just to start making his way in one direction or the other? <laughs> to go check the door. Well, when she asked me why, I just said because I think it's, it's a really good idea, then. which isn't yeah. usually what I would say. Right. He's usually a little bit more long-winded than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I heard something too. I rolled a twenty. Yes, you heard some movement inside the armor. I don't know. I don't think he would just do that. So I'm going to use my dispel magic and see what happens. Okay. And 
I'm going to pull my, I'm going to go, hey, Colin, dummy. And I'm going to go up to him and I'm going to swing my harp around and I'm going to say, every little thing dispels your magic. <laughs> every little thing just turns your stupid magic off. Okay, so Cullen, you make your way to the top of the staircase when you hear uh, Esmir's harp chords resonate in your head. And suddenly you're like, what the hell am I doing? That's a stupid idea. <laughs> oh, weird. So I'm going to say into my ring, like, oh, I don't know what I was, I don't know what's going on there. It just seemed like a really good idea for a minute. I heard this voice in my head telling me to do it. Yeah, it was Trixie magic. Yeah, but where'd that voice come from? That's what I want to know. Okay, I'm in the, I'm in the ringy talkies. Guys, okay, listen. I think we need to stay away from those stupid thingies and just go in the door because that was too close, too close for comfort. Jake's downstairs just tapping his fingertips on his knees. (laughs) And as he's tapping his fingertips on his knees, two of the elven suits of armor begin to move. Oh no. Of course. And I'm going to say into the ring, uh, guys, you might want to come back downstairs. That suit of armor you were just looking at has come to life. Oh no, animated armors. Holy crap doodles. Exactly. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the 100th episode of Roll Radio. 100th. Wow, time flies by on the Sword Coast. You know, we've been playing this campaign for over four years now. Uh, By far the longest campaign I've ever run and the longest campaign that the players have played. And I've probably said this before, uh, but I have to say that it's all because of the ability to play online on a virtual tabletop like Fantasy Grounds. You know, back in the day, our campaigns were short. And, you know, when we did get together, it would be for these long, like, you know, six-hour sessions because, you know, we had to take advantage of that, you know, precious time uh, that we could all get together. And, you know, now we can get together online more often and we can play, you know, shorter, less mind-numbing sessions. Um, so now we get together a couple times a month and we play for about, you know, two and a half, three hours, uh, a session. And not only has playing virtually made Dungeons and Dragons now, you know, more a part of our lives, uh, but it's also allowed me as the game master, uh, to slow things down and to tell a much more in-depth and compelling story. Uh, I no longer feel rushed uh, to move, uh, you know, quickly through the campaign because of the possibility that we won't, you know, get together for another six months. And I can also take more time to set things up for a bigger payoff down the road. And the other nice thing is that we uh, can have sessions like this episode where the party uh, slowly goes around and discovers things and spends time discussing them and throwing out theories. And I never felt the need, you know, 
to uh, hurry things along. Uh, in fact, I think I barely said anything this session. Uh, most of the time, I was just sitting back and enjoying their role playing, which is great. You know, it's a nice uh, break for me, and I don't feel like I have to, you know, um, uh, push them. And uh, I hope you're doing the same thing. I hope you're enjoying listening to Roll Radio. Uh, please let us know through comments and reviews on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can always contact us at thoseguys at rollradio.com or on Facebook and Instagram. And if you'd like to support us in this adventure, uh, please consider becoming a patron where you can get uh, bonus content that uh, didn't make it into the show and other fun stuff. And you can always give a, a one-time donation by clicking on the link at the bottom of the show description. And you can always support us by supporting your dice addiction uh, at fanrolldice.com and use the promo code ROLLRADIO for 10% off of your order. We greatly appreciate any kind of support. We are, of course, playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and the Scourge of the Sword Coast module by Wizards of the Coast at dnd.wizards.com. All the in-game music and sound effects are from Sirenscape.com because epic games need an epic soundtrack. All right, thanks again for listening, and tune in next time when the players explore the first floor of the Flotion Manor. And Esmir finally gets that dinnerware set she's always wanted. <laughs>